The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Another episode of Messages of Hope. And our show today is absolutely designed to give you hope and take you from beyond hope to knowing that our loved ones survive the transition called death. That's my life's mission. I continue to do readings just about every day, every day that I am not traveling. But we're definitely traveling around the country. Where are Suzanne and Ty today? In Polson, Montana, right on Flathead Lake, which we learned is the largest natural natural lake west of the Mississippi. And it's just beautiful here. So speaking of messages of hope, I did a reading this morning for a mom whose daughter passed. And I did a reading for her several months ago, but it was too soon after her daughter passed and the connection just wasn't good. And unfortunately, um, of course, that left both of us kind of disappointed, mom and me. But we decided to retry, try again. And I tuned in and with a deliberate intention of connecting with her daughter. And the very first thing she showed me was her crawling across the floor. And at first, I thought, what is she doing? Why is she showing me that? And then suddenly I knew what she was showing me, that she had to learn to crawl before she could walk. In other words, she wasn't ready to communicate the last time that we connected because she was so new to the spirit world. And so this time, oh, we enjoyed a beautiful connection with lots of evidence that left mom with tears streaking down her face. and But tears of happiness to know that she's still here. Of course she is. So my guest today is Rochelle Wright. And Rochelle is a grief therapist. And I know that many of you listen to this show because you have a loved one who has crossed. And she is going to tell you some things this afternoon that will truly show you how those on the other side are trying so hard to let us know they're around. Rochelle, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Suzanne. I'm really happy to be on it. Me too. Now, you're coming to us from Washington State, right? Yes, from Gig Harbor, Washington. Gig Harbor, right on the water as well. What a beautiful place. Yeah, it's very nice here. Yeah, I was stationed in the Navy at uh, Bremerton and Bangor, both of those naval bases right out there near you. And so I'm, I'm envious of that beautiful area you live in. But tell us all a bit of your professional background, please, that brought you to the current work you do as a grief therapist. Okay. Um, 
I've been um, a therapist for 30 years, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, licensed um, mental health therapist, licensed chemical dependency professional, and uh, I'm with the National Board of Certified Counselors. And also, I've done EMDR, which is uh, for trauma, probably at least 16 years now. So I've been, I've been actually certified in that, which means you have to keep, you know, getting CEUs in it so you're up to date. So that is, that's my background, and um, I ended up really seeing individual adults in my practice, uh, but I've seen, in my practice, I've seen everyone. <laughs> and um, so I really enjoyed it, and what happened is um, this came kind of, this came during a therapy session, and it came kind of from the back door. Um, for one thing, I was having dreams of deceased people for, uh, like, I would say six months before mm. this happened. Yes, and they were coming to me, and I might add, in a wonderful way, it was all positive, and they make, like, cameo appearances, and they were people. Wow. Yeah, just a cameo, like an aunt came that I hadn't thought of, and she'd passed for many years, and she just walked through, and I'm like, wow, there she is. So um, anyway, I um, I went to work one day, and I told my secretary, I said, you know, this has got to stop because it's ruining my day job because <laughs> I, oh. I was dreaming. And so it stopped. And so later um, I asked Craig Hogan about it, and he said, isn't it interesting, Rochelle, how they listen to you, which they did. But they, Let, they, may I interrupt you a second? Craig uh-huh. Hogan, for those of you who don't know, is the is the I don't know what his title is, but head of founder of the Afterlife Research and Education yes. Institute. Uh-huh. And he so he knows the, he knows about these things. <laughs> oh yeah, yes he does. And um, so anyway, what they did is they came through the back door. Is what I would say that it was palatable to me, because I was doing this session with Ashley. She was a social worker, and she had lost her brother, who was quite young, but had a wife and a, a child, uh, to an overdose of alcohol. And I was in the middle of it, and what happened is I, I use audio, which is bilateral stimulation, right-left brain, and um, I had the headset on her. But um, anyway, she, um, I actually sat back in my chair, and I thought, I'm going to try something. And so I told her to you know, bring up her brother and um, and think of the, uh, the memory of him and see the picture. Well, immediately she started talking to him. And at that time, I kind of sat back in my chair. I was like, you know, so I did say something, help me, please help me. And that's what I said. But after that, he started talking to her and they but it was all in thought, so she wasn't really, I didn't hear what was happening from the other side. I just heard her, and then all of a sudden she was talking to her grandfather, and I said, mm. which, which of course is the worst thing for us to say when we're doing this protocol now, but I said, is he, is he gone? Has he passed? And she said, yes, he has, and she was very indignant, like, don't interrupt our conversation. <laughs> and so... <laughs> At the end, then she said, I see a swirling, a circle of dark, and my grandfather and my brother are in it, and then it's turning to gray. Uh, let's see, it was, 
actually was kind of light, and then it turned gray, and then it turned black, and they disappeared. Um, and that lasted about 15 minutes. And so um, at that time, Craig Hogan uh, and I talked, and I told him what you know what happened. And he um, he said, well, we need to we need to write a book. And what happened is I started. Um, doing this protocol that I put together and the first 26 people that I worked with in my office, they connected and they're in the book. Uh, Yeah. It's called repair and reattachment, uh, grief therapy. And um, the pictures in there, most of them are the real person and uh, the stories are in there. Not complete because we couldn't do the whole story, but it's enough for readers to see what they got and um, they all connected, and every time they connected, I was I was so excited because this was not something that was happening before. And I would call Craig, and he would go, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing!" And so that's how it got, that's how it got started. And um, if I could just interrupt, I mean, the first twenty six people, and all of them feel that they connected. I want to get more information on how real this was to them. But you have on your website that your success rate continues to be 98% of connecting with loved ones who have crossed. Yes, that is true. That is tremendous. Mm -hmm. However, I am just, um, I'm just a conduit or, uh, you know, I have the skills, the heart and the disposition to do it, but I don't, I don't make it happen, obviously. But the protocol that I've put together and the help that I get from the other side or that we get it, it leads to the connection. So I'm just there to help them. Uh, well, you know, why, I mean, I, I I would happily be, be out of work if as a medium to turn people over to this because this is the personal experience that, that really shows people that they're here. I'm, I'm an interpreter, and I have to speak for those on the other side, but what you're experiencing, correct me if I'm wrong, is that your patients, your clients are having their own actual conversations with their loved ones. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, that is that is correct. Um, because I don't know what they're going to get. I know that it's going to be positive. Whatever happens in the session, it will be positive, and it will help them. It will probably, at the very minimum, uh, decrease their sadness um, tremendously. But um, I never know what's going to happen. So, when I do the afternoon part and we start to process, um, then they tell me what they're getting and I write it down. So I can then, at the end of the session, read it back to them and give them the, uh, well, the processing, all of it that I've written down. So they have that to take with them. Um, but no, now, you I, don't, just, I don't know. You, you, you said the afternoon part, and I remember because I have referred several people to you who are in, who have been so affected by the trauma of their loved ones passing that they're really not functioning well in their normal day-to-day work. And that's why it's so perfect that this is a part of a counseling session. But when when you say the afternoon part, you reminded me that you spend all day with one person. Isn't that right? Yes, yes. They just come for the one day. You know, they come in probably at 9 in the morning. We take like a half-hour lunch. And then we're done by 5.30 or 6. If... Um, it probably wouldn't go past six hours, but 
if it's a, a a violent death or something, it could go somewhat longer. I just did, which I, you know, I haven't done that many of them, but just recently, this past month and a half, I did two um, people who had uh, lost their, one had lost a husband and one had lost their daughter to suicide. And um, I never know about those because those are a little more, more harder to connect with. But they both came through, and the the one came through, um, the husband came through right right on the first set of the eye movements I do, and so that was that was really nice. Like I said, I don't know what's going to happen, so it's exciting for me too. But I oh, yeah. do know what to do and where to go with it, and you know you do need that background. So if it goes to well, that's guilt, yeah. That's the frustrating part for me because it seems like the methodology is fairly easy, and I'd like to talk with you more about that as we go. But what you, you've you mentioned either in your book or on the website is that the reason it's only used by trained counselors is because, and I find it interesting, you have this quantified so closely, 8% of the time it digs up things that you really need a counselor to handle. Is that right? Right, right. And it also, by wearing the audio headset all the time, it brings up things that they haven't thought of. You know, it just does. It brings up other things. So as far as the passing or the person, and so that's really helpful because it's, a lot of times they're not verbalizing that directly. So that's the, that's the good part, that it brings up mm-hmm. uh, memories and thoughts that um, that they wouldn't think of, which is good. And I do have, um, I saw um, a person, and, and uh, he said, what he said about it is, um, I have lots, and he's in my book, he said, I have lots of thoughts, but this was transmitted in an energy form through thought, unlike any of my regular thoughts. Mm. And... Uh, it's like they come in energy. It's it's energy. Now, sometimes, yes. yeah, it's it's energy. But I love that there's a difference because that's how it is when I do a reading, it, the same type of thing. And so do you find routinely that your clients differentiate the difference between a dream and these conversations, these visits? Yes, I do. They're quite surpri- they're quite surprised. They're quite shocked, and they know it's not a dream, or they know it's not hypnosis. It's really the exact opposite of hypnosis because um, it speeds up the brain where hypnosis slows it down. So this really speeds up the brain, and what I I believe is happening, it speeds up the brain, so it's easier to connect because we are pretty we're a lot more dense down here and they're a lot lighter so I think there's that's how it's happening is it it speeds up the brain and and that they're much it's much easier to connect wow so I want to get more into the actual process but I'm just so curious why do you call it you call your therapy repair and reattachment grief therapy that kind of at first confused me reattaching what Right. And repairing what? Right, right. Well, number one, if they, you know, they've lost a person and they're 
they're really sad about it or they have anger about it or guilt about it or anything like that um that would that's what the repair is it, and it also even if they had a good relationship it is still repairing it because they can come to them and they can come in in some cases they come in physical form and uh mostly like looking younger and and happier in their prime and they will say things that um you know they'll call them by a nickname that nobody's ever called them for years and i mean they know they know it's the person they know that they're connecting um it's kind of without without a doubt they are but um you know i do screen people very well and i want to make sure that they're they're pretty um equalized out that they're not in in deep deep grief and crying all the time and that sort of thing because they like to come when we're ha- we're in a better better place, a better mood. So if we're really just sad, very very sad, it's harder for them to come. And that just goes in speaking overall when they're by themselves too. That doesn't mean when they come to me. Uh, but usually I can break through that. But I I do screen them, Suzanne. So that leads to another question, but I, I want to circle back, though. I'd like you to fill in the blank. You are repairing what? Repairing. I, we're repairing any sadness, any a feeling of loss, any feeling of never connecting with this person again, okay. any feeling that it's just there's nothing. There's, like, nothing there anymore. And, and all of them are just so want to connect so bad. You'd like to. Yeah. Um, so that I can hear, I can hear so many people listening right now saying, "That's me, that's me," because we, those of us who have a loved one who's very close who passed, we sometimes feel so alone. But when you realize we all go through this, it's right, exactly. uh, Yeah, and then reattaching. What are you reattaching? Repair and reattachment therapy. Right, they're reattaching uh, to this person in a different way. They uh, they see them, they feel them, and they know that it's different. And they come um, with really words of wisdom and, and help. Sometimes, you know, I've noticed they will give them direction in their life. Um, but they will, they so they really feel like they've um, touched with this, this loved one they've missed. So um, as far, and that they've reattached in a different way. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I I agree with you with my clients. I I can't see them if they're crying all the time and in deep deep grief because it actually gets in the way of a good connection, that energy, and it's just really important to rise above that. So I I'm asking the question that I hear a lot of people listening now asking, all right, how do we get past that? How do we get to the point where we pass your screening, Rochelle? Mhm. Um how how do they get past it? Um, no, I mean if well, they I if they're too sad to be to be your client yet, what what kind of, as a therapist, how do they heal themselves to the point where they're at least ready to have this repair and reattachment experience? Well, what what they would do, they could um, they could go to a grief group. They could go to uh, speak with a, a, a therapist about it. Um, you know, it just depends on on where they're at. Normal uh, grieving, you know, is one thing, 
But if you really get stuck and it's like been six months, nine months, a year, and you're still just in that deep grief, then it's possible that you might need some help. You might have gotten down into the depression where you can't really get out of it. Mm-hmm. So that, but that's something I have. I talk to them ahead of time on the telephone. I, I find out all those things, and I find out if they've ever, you know, had trauma before that's been unresolved. And I'll, I'll ask them, you know, if they've had abuse or all of that, because that, and I tell them that could come up in the session. And if it comes up, I have to go there where the brain goes, and we have to desensitize it so we can go on. So, um, but I hear what you're saying that if someone is in really deep grief, it seems like um, you know they have to go through some of it. They they have to reach out. One of the things is that you know they can listen. Um, I'm sure you have a meditation. I have a meditation on my website. They can listen to. Great, great. Mm-hmm, Forty five minute one, and that helps them. Could help them become more calm and and even possibly connect um but i they're just regular things like are they are they eating again are they eating right are they eating healthy are they out there you know doing some form of exercise even if it's to walk right around the block or something they also need to get to just get moving and do some things that are healthy for them because the other side wants them to be they they want them to be happy. Um, you know, that's what they say. They um, they want them to be happy. They come across in sessions like that. And um, they say, we're always here. We're always supporting you. Uh, so that that's what that's what I would say. I, I'm not sure did I answer you enough. Susan, oh, yes. It's that? beautiful. Yes, indeed. And great advice for anybody who's going through this. Now, I'm... I'm really focusing on this word trauma because that's specifically I believe what you're helping people with but not all of our loved ones passings result in trauma correct um no I mean not all of them no they don't um but if they're still having problems they're still really sad uh, there is some trauma there, and trauma is caught in the right side of the brain. And if it's not addressed, Suzanne, it just kind of goes around like, you know, it just goes around in the right brain. So what this does is it also equalizes it out so it can go to the more logical side so they can see things differently. Hmm. So I had never heard that before. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's wow. what... Yeah, so that's what what happens. But uh, I did someone when I was first starting out. You know, he didn't have any grief with his mother, or um, I'm sure it was a therapist I was working with. And but she came through and through. And one of the things she said, um, there is no separation between life and death. There is no separation. That's what she told him. I love that. And in Mm -hmm. fact, I took a line out of your book, or it could have been your website, but you said, we are separated only by the limit of our understanding of how to connect with them. That is a powerful statement. Mm -hmm. Yes. But, you know, we want to keep, 
we want to just really do a lot of self-care during this time, a lot of self-care. So, um, yes, I think um, that they, you know, if there's not a, a lot of trauma or trauma uh, around the passing, this still will help them because they will be surprised what is still left, the remnants that are still left. They will be surprised. Yeah. So if you joined us late, we're talking with Rochelle Wright, and she is a grief therapist who has this wonderful method called the Repair and Reattachment Grief Therapy, in which we're talking with her clients and using a special method, which we're going to go into in more detail in the second half of the program. Her clients have a 98% success rate of actually having a personal experience of connecting with and communicating with the loved one who has passed, which greatly lessens their grief. Uh, do most of them see them, or do most of them hear them, or a combination of the two? Well, I would say I would say it's both. Um, the best thing is that they don't have expectations because that's really you know what it is is just expectations, and it they, it will happen the way it's supposed to come to them. So sometimes it's you know it's in thought. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, they've been hugged, they've been kissed. Um, they have the physical felt, experience of that? Yes, yes, they do, they do. Oh, and then also they will take them on a walk sometimes and the other side will be very colorful and vivid. And they'll take them for a walk, like on a path, or and they'll show them things, they'll, you know, they'll do things with them, <laughs> which is interesting. Wow. Um, but... Just um, to kind of say this, put it together, it's, you know, this work, this work reestablishes the connection, and it's helpful by uh, relieving uh, and uh, feeling being cut off from the pain and suffering that goes with losing someone. So what it does, it reestablishes the connection. But again, they don't have to be highly traumatized by it. but I, I can tell you, um, one, this one lady uh, came from Oregon, and she called me on the phone, and she said, I've just got to get this picture out of my mind. When my mother passed in the hospital, it was this horrible look on her face, and I cannot drive by where she lived. I can't drive by the hospital. I can't do any of that, and I basically I can't even stand Halloween. And so um, I said to her, you know, I knew that I could – we could do that. I knew that for sure. That we well, could Rochelle, that. I'm going to have to interrupt you, and that's a great cliffhanger because we have to go to a break. But mm-hmm. everybody, when we come back, I can't wait to hear how this woman connected with her mom. So okay. be patient. Three-minute break, and we will pick up right where we left off. Great. Okay. All right. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back 
You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Oh, I, I am just so excited about this topic today. We're talking with Rochelle Wright, a grief therapist, and she's discussing her repair and reattachment grief therapy, repairing the 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 emotional wounds from the passing of a loved one and reattaching, meaning connecting us with them again through her therapy so we can actually have that physical sometimes, but the, the auditory and visual experience of their presence still with us. When we went to the break, Rochelle, you were telling us about a daughter who came to you who could not get an image of her mother out of her mind and it was causing her distress. Her mother had passed. Yes. So tell us what yeah, happened. It was, and she was just desperate to get that picture out of her mind. So with the kind of work that I do, um, I knew that I could do I could do that. And uh, that's, that part is the part of EMDR, which uh, is for trauma therapy. So she came with no expectations, which was great because that's all she wanted. And when she came, um, I... When we got to the part, the processing part, immediately, immediately when I did the eye movements, um, her mother came through, and she was wearing kind of a pink blouse with a pearl necklace, and and uh, she saw her mother, and then very quickly, um, her brother came up, who had died of an overdose of alcohol. He came up, and uh, her father came up, who was deceased. It just it went on and on, and then her uncle and her aunt and her grandparents, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. I was like. Family reunion. I know. I was, I was like, whoa. And so there were like seven came up, and even her kitty came up. <laughs> and um, what she, what they told her, um, and they told her in the session, her father told her, that um, this is multidimensional. This is why this is happening. It's multidimensional, and basically I, it's happening now. Uh, so that was, that was really interesting. And I've had other, um, other work that I've done is where they've said it's multidimensional. So, so, I mean, that to me is, happy. that's what I know. That's what we do. We we are multidimensional beings. We don't exist just in this physical world. It's just that we're not aware that we, we can make this connection when we learn how to shift our focus from this physical reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And another one uh, that I did, these are all, this is all early on, these we're talking this is 2019. This started in 2010. Two th- yeah, 2010. So, um, but another one, um, when I had, did a session with the wife, uh, he said to her, I saw you crying when they were doing CPR on me. I wanted to help you, but I couldn't. I watched while they worked on me from the corner of the room. I could see you so distraught. Um, so he was, this is, you know, what was coming a car mm-hmm. cost. Um, yeah, so, and regarding the pain and dreadful thoughts that we have uh, in, our, mm-hmm. in our mind here about how um, they passed of their painful passing, they show the client that it wasn't 
it just it wasn't and that's a it, it wasn't hard for them is that no, what you mean and it was it was very healing and um, one daughter said to her mom um well that actually i i just have this that they rise up upon uh, uh, she rose up upon the crash and then left her body and was sitting on the hood of another car smiling showing her mother i left my body i didn't have pain and she was dressed in this flowing white dress. And she said, see, Mom, I'm okay. So it's not like you imagine, you know, how we imagine. It's difficult. The other thing I've noticed is that not all the time, of course, but some of the time enough to take notice is they appear in white. Now, she appeared in a flowing white dress, and then somebody uh, would appear in a, a white T-shirt. One time it was a, a karate white outfit, Hmm. Um, that's I found I find that interesting, and then um, another one. What I did, um, the mother came and was extremely distraught about her son. He had just gotten his degree in architecture and was engaged, and um, he was going to go take a hike up in the mountains. They were all going to go with their little dog, and. Um, they had breakfast with the parents that morning, said goodbye, and they loved each other. And while hiking with his fiance, little dog, um, the little dog started slipping off the cliff or going down, and he ran to save him. He wanted to save his dog from falling over the cliff, but instead he slipped off the cliff into space. And the dog, the dog didn't get hurt. And he, what he did was show his mother in the session how he was lifted up over the scene and he saw his fiancé crying and the little dog running around and around and helpers arriving on the scene. But um, he didn't feel any pain uh, like his mom thought and um, and thought, thought that he was tremendously traumatized uh, just from, and she was traumatized from the mere thought of thinking about it, what he oh, went yeah. through. And he explained that it wasn't, it, it wasn't, he explained what it was like. So, um, yeah, so they... So this is, um, this is just like when, when a medium brings through good evidence and it leaves no doubt in the loved one's mind that they're okay, that's what we need to know. We know we can't turn back the clock, but just to know that they didn't suffer and that they are okay now and they're happy now, that makes all the difference for us here. Yes, it does. And another interesting thing in the sessions is that I had a couple do their grandparents different times. This is two different people. And when they spoke, um, they spoke in, in uh, German, one did, and the other one spoke in Danish. So <laughs> the client had to kind of, I mean, because they spoke that language too. So they had to kind of, you know, tell me in English what it was so I, I could write it down for them. <laughs> so that's kind of amazing how they came, you know, they came yeah. to with their native language. Um, Beautiful. Let's let's talk more about the nuts and bolts of this for those who are curious. You've mentioned EMDR a couple of times, and I know I've done a program focusing on that. It's eye movement desensitization. I don't. What does the R stand for? And and reprocessing. And reprocessing. So that's where the therapist guides the the client to to move their eyes in unison, left, right, left, right, in a pattern, and that somehow helps to relieve the trauma but your method is using you call it bilateral stimulation would you explain how that works and how you do it 
Um, yes, I will. Well, what I do that is different, uh, very different from EMDR, I use an, they wear an audio headset and uh, they listen to um, different sounds where they're going, that are going right and left brain. In fact, it was uh, designed for trauma. So that's that's going that's going from the time you sit down. So what happens is when they start talking to me and telling them me their story because I've never heard it before, um, I write it down. But all during that time, because of that audio is going, it is already starting to desensitize the trauma. Mm. Then I go back and I find out what is the most traumatic event that you remember. And, you know, for this other lady's case, it was the event where her mother sat up in the hospital bed and had this horrendous grimace on her face, and she couldn't get that out of her mind. So that's what I targeted with her. And so, but when I go through and I read all the memories again, then again there's a chance, because the audio is going back and forth, that it's... It keeps desensitizing things. Now, in the afternoon, after lunch, we're ready to process. So that's the processing of the most traumatic event. And then I add the eye movements, and sometimes I'll do this. It's called basically natural flow EMDR is what it's called. It's almost like a Tai Chi where you're going... Is going back and forth, and um, so now we've got to the third part where it's still going to um, desensitize it. And what it does, it desensitizes that memory, so they do not remember that the same. And then also, when the connection comes, then they get this, you know, this these thoughts or this uh, person. They can see them, or they're talking to them, and they're they're saying things that no one else would know. That's the thing. Uh, so that's the way it works. So it's, this word desensitizes, that's a very comforting word for me because it feels that that something that you just couldn't stop it from like a hamster wheel going round and round and round in your mind. Suddenly you've just like broken up that blockage, right? Exactly. And that's the way I describe trauma is that it's like you're going around on a hamster wheel. It just goes <laughs> around it. and around and around, and you, it cannot be resolved. And actually, you know, talk therapy doesn't really resolve it. It just it helps them, and it can help people. But what we want to do is begin to move that to the left side of the brain and equalize it out because, you know, that's how it gets desensitized. So I do. I do so little talking. It's incredible. I don't talk at all, really, during hardly during the session, except to kind of direct them or guide them, you know, when I and, ask them. And and are your clients able to quantify like my my pain or my obsession on this thought was like a ten when I started, and oh, can yeah. they quantify it afterwards? Oh yes. We in the beginning it could be a ten plus plus plus. In some cases, I've had someone say the trauma was so difficult. That's a 200. Well, I know that's the one we're going to work with to start. But then at the end, <laughs> I ask them, or when I think we're coming down to the end, I'll stop and I'll say, okay, now let's go back and bring it up again. What is it? Well, it just 
it depends. If it needs more work, they'll say it's a four, and I'll say, mm-hmm. what's a four about? And then we'll just work, work around that to get it down. But sometimes it's just it's a zero, and they'll say it has no charge anymore. I remember yeah. it, but it's not the same. You know, this brings up a good point that um, I'm sure I can I can feel people's excitement about this. But there are many modalities that will heal. I I, I have a video on my website, Irene's Healing, how just channeling energy from spirit, we desensitize mm-hmm. one major block. But yes. this is just a beautiful modality that you have been using successfully. And I'm just so grateful to you for sharing it with us here. Uh, can people do this for themselves? It doesn't sound like it. No, no, they can't. I mean, you sit, what we do is, Suzanne, we sit in a really, in a sacred place. We do this whole time. Mm. And you have somebody like helping you, you know, like the therapist is guiding you. You've got someone there. If it goes into guilt, and sometimes it does, or if it goes into anger, then we, I work with that. So no, I mean, you could not do this particular work yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why universe gifts us with gifted healers like you. Right. That's, that's beautiful. Right. That's why we have relationships. Um, I read that this method of repair and reattachment is stronger than other therapies, lasts longer, and more likely to have a successful ending. That's, those are some pretty strong claims. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, actually, the other side has, has said to us that the, this was like three, four years ago. The connections are going to become stronger, deeper, and longer. And that is what's happened. Sometimes this other side uh, would be, a minimum is like an hour and a half. They can be, it can be open two to three hours. Of communicating with their loved one? Yes. Yes. What a and gift. I and I don't stop it. I mean, I just go with it till it comes to the natural ending. And sometimes the other side will say, okay, we're, we're done. We're done now. Um, or, they'll, or they'll give an indication they're going to walk off in the distance. So, no, I leave it open as long as it needs to be open. I don't, I don't. And that's what I do, basically. I stay out of the way of this healing. And this kind of healing is just one of the many paths, like you said, Suzanne. It's one of the many, many paths that people do get better. But yeah. um, this is different because therapists talk. They, you know, we are trained to talk or suggest or right. whatever at points in therapy. Well, this is very different. I do very little talking. <clears throat> Let's see. The healing it's, comes from the other side. It comes uh, because we all have this inner healing. It it just all works together. It's beautiful. But don't don't lessen your importance in this because you bring the modality. You you guide them to exactly what they need to heal. So you can see that it's really a team effort with across the veil and you and the client's willingness. Now, is the client sitting with eyes open or closed? Well, in the First part of the day, their eyes are open. Mm-hmm. And, but when they're uh, actually having that experience with their When they're processing, life. they're closing their eyes and going inside. And okay. so, like, it's a back and forth. Like, I kind of said, like, Tai Chi, it's like, okay, what are they getting? They tell me what they're getting, and I just have them stay with that, see the picture and image that goes with it, and see where it goes, see where it goes. And... uh 
So then they close their eyes, and that's when the things happen. And does have you noticed the difference between clients who are more skeptical of the possibility of connecting? Well, most of them that come, they're not really skeptical. They're, they're just so want to come, and they're, they're ready. They're ready to come. Um, if they are skeptical or, you know, during that part where the processing is, I simply, if they say, I think I'm getting, and I say, I want you to drop, I think I'm getting, what are you getting? Because uh-huh. immediately that's going into this this uh, logical educational brain the way we've been taught into the on the, the left side. So I tell him because this is really coming and healing uh, from the right side, that deep uh, spiritual part and that deep connecting part. So um, that's what I tell them. Just drop it. And what are you getting? And so they tell me, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting clouds. I can, I can see light coming through the clouds. And then we just go with that. We just keep mm-hmm. going with what they're getting, because the other side is different than here. It's not just a fast thing where they're gonna. You know, they develop it. They develop it in colors, in clouds, in light. If they don't come through right away, they're, they are busy developing it so mm-hmm. that the person here can kind of, you know, see it and then they'll break through. But it, it does that make sense? <laughs> it does. And I like that you use the word develop there because before we run run out of time, I want to say that you're not the only person doing this work. You have trained others. So yeah. would you tell us how many people are doing this around the country or is it available in other places? And I also understand you have an upcoming training for licensed practitioners. That, that That is correct. There's about a hundred trained therapists now all throughout the United States, some in Mexico. I think there's someone in Colombia. In Canada, I just trained uh, a psychologist in Australia where she's going to be uh, doing this work because I did a session with her that really needed to be done and um, wonderful things happened and she wanted to be trained. So she was here two extra days to be trained and uh, she has a a practice in, um, I believe, Victoria, Australia. And then there's someone in the UK who does it so there are they are around in there you know in New York and Florida, and they're all having the same level of success. I hope. Well, I hope so too. I, I'm just, I I don't, uh, um, you know, communicate with them on a regular basis, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes they call me, you know, and they'll want to critique a session or something like that, and then they'll tell me. There is a, so, a person. So if somebody's interested, they, they would could just search online for repair and reattachment grief therapy, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, what they could do that, or what they would do is go to, to RochelleWright.com. And okay. on my website, you can click on Train Therapists, and you just oh, click perfect. on it. It'll say West, Midwest, East, Southern, and you just click on it to see where they are. Oh, thank you. And then, and then you're, also, you have training coming up in October, right? Yes, October 18th and 19th. I believe that's the Friday and Saturday. It's always a Friday and Saturday. It's an all-day training, and um, the licensed uh, psychotherapist uh, will, get, will receive 12 continuing education credits 
for taking yeah. the two-day training. So they get a certificate at the end. All right. Well, it's it's just so hopeful. <laughs> I want this to spread because uh, it's you. It's your experience of the healing that takes place in your clients. What are some of the messages that the loved ones want to get through and have gotten through? I, I'm going to just put a caveat on here that it's interesting to me that I'm sure that so many of your clients are afraid that their loved ones are not happy or they're not okay. And yet I believe you said that all of them come through in a positive way. Oh, they do. All of them come through in a positive way. They do. Um, so, um, yes, yeah, some of the things that, that they say, well, they say, one of the things they really say is they want um, people on this side to be happy, that it, we, we are here for such a short time. Have Be happy and have fun and be lighter um, don't Mm-mm. take this life so serious. It's um, yeah, yeah. That's what they tell them, and they tell them that uh, they're fine. They're, um, you know, sometimes they, you can tell they're doing particular things over there because they say that, and um, yeah, and they say I'm always with you. I'm always with you. One said, I'm always with you. I'm just behind the light, and. Uh, and then, you know, they give them, they can give them some helpful um, ideas on how to proceed with their life too, which is really nice because some people don't know how to do that. That doesn't happen all the time, but mm-hmm. it does happen. And when it does, it, it's very helpful for the client. Um, yeah. And, so, and you mentioned at the beginning of the show that you got into this because you had six months of of having visits from. Uh, those in the spirit world, including some dreamlike visits from your own loved ones. But have you had a practitioner do this for you and had an experience using the bilateral stimulation with your own loved ones? Yes, I had one. Ah. Excuse, excuse me. Um, I did, and I got something in my throat. Excuse me a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes, she did it. With my aunt, who I had some guilt about, great guilt about, because um, she came in to our pharmacy where I was at one day, and she said, with my mom, and she said, I'm here, can we go out to lunch? And I was too busy to see her, and I've always regretted it because she passed. Mm. So she did her, and my aunt just said um, in the connection, I didn't even think about that. I mean, it didn't it didn't even enter her mind that that it wasn't okay that I didn't go to lunch with her. She was just happy to see me. And here and you'd that, obsessed about that for years. Yes, right. I did. I did do that, and it was just it, I've never. I don't think about it anymore. I never think about it. So that's that part is very good. Yes. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So. You say on your website that you make the connection in the mind, not the senses, and we must be in the right condition of mind. So I find it just fascinating that you have these headphones on and it takes several hours of this desensitizing, the bilateral stimulation. It, it's. I just want to learn more and more about this, that it just changes our way of processing. It, help, it sounds like it helps us get past the filter. 
It does. It does. And the nice thing is it's just one day. They come and they, when they're done, you know, they're done. They don't have to come back and come back. And yeah. One, um, there was a therapist um, who worked with um, her colleague who had passed at 61 of a heart attack, and she, he was her mentor, and she really admired him. And when he came through in the session and he said, people need this kind of grief therapy because when you um when you when you don't resolve this it just gets worse you know it leads to depression it leads to you know sometimes not being able to work it it, it leads to friends and family slowly moving away because they don't know what to do and right. leaves the person isolated and he said it is worse it becomes then worse than the original passing because True. now they're now they're just um kind of frozen in time about it is what I would call it. That's what mm. we call it. So they're um they're just kind of frozen in there and so their life uh, doesn't go well at all. So and in one day you just break up those blocks and they're able to move forward. Yes, yeah. That's what... it, it sounds like a fantasy, but I know it's true. And your your book that uh, you can learn more about at RochelleWright.com has is just full of stories of the success stories. Yeah, Rochelle, we're running out of time here. I just want to wrap up by saying that there there's a quote on your website that says that your repair and reattachment grief therapy procedure is unlike conventional psychotherapy. It is a profoundly personal and sacred experience, both for the client and the therapist. I love that because I know that you have just seen so many awesome healings thanks to your work and the spirit world. And we just want to thank you for sharing with us today. Well, you're very welcome. And I'm glad that I could do it, Suzanne. And thanks for asking me to be on. You're, You're so welcome. Everybody have a great week and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.